it's Alex Moyle here, the host of Arico's podcast, Technically Speaking. Our mission is to bring the Icelandic and Nordic business communities stories of technological transformation and leadership to help us stay ahead in challenging times. Today is an exciting one because we're going to get a snapshot to a project many of us will be impacted by over the next few months and years. Testing and tracing for COVID-19. Now, for anyone that has ever tried to do any software development, you're familiar with the IT department's inhalation of breath and always saying things are going to take ages. So imagine how it felt when Gwythion Williamson, the practice lead of Arigo for the healthcare sector, got a call from the health ministry and said, hey, we want to reopen the borders and we'd like you to develop the test and trace system. Uh, Gwythion then goes, well, how long do you have? And they go, 10 days. Yes, 10 days from scoping the project to building the project to testing the project to making sure it's secure and then rolling it out across all the entry points within Iceland. So over the next 30 minutes, I hope you enjoy a snapshot into a bit of technology that you will probably be involved in testing over the next months and years ahead. I hope you enjoy it. Good morning, Gwythion. How are you? Yeah, good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. And you? Great. And winter is coming. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll get ready for darkness. It's going to be uh, some dark times. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess that's 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 definitely the case when you when you live far in the far in the north. I struggle when it gets dark at four p.m. But what what time does it get dark in Iceland? So it it gets dark maybe in, in around Christmas about three or four p.m. But it's get it, it's dark until maybe uh, noon. Also, so we get only get like four hours of sunlight. Wow, wow! That's uh, is everyone like popping the vitamin D pills? So yeah, trying to keep keep the keep we, the vitamins going. We we take uh, fish oil for uh, vitamin D. So, Good. And, and there's no shortage of fish in Iceland, is there? That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Industry for you. So, uh, yeah. So, so we're not here to talk about fish or the weather. We're here to talk about uh, COVID nineteen and test and trace. And I heard Arico played a really important role in the in the test and trace program that the Icelandic government ran. So could you tell us a little bit about what, what you've been involved in and then we'll explore the story? Yeah, uh, we were uh, asked to uh, supply all the infrastructure, all the technology, both hardware and software, for the border screening project. Uh, so Iceland, the Icelandic authorities opened the Icelandic border again on June 15th. Uh, we got the call on June 3rd. Oh, 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 oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. wow. So we hadn't we hadn't uh, really uh, started anything until uh, maybe in the afternoon on June third was the kickoff meeting. Fantastic! So you had ten days to get something up and running that was live. Yeah. So we we decided on June thirteenth we would want to have everything up and running in, in a real environment. So we gave us ten days and might I add ten nights to uh, <laughs> to complete everything. Yeah. So and, and I know we get quite a lot of listeners that aren't from an IT background. So they think ten days that's ages. But from an IT perspective, I promise you that's a, that's a million. That's a long way to travel in ten days. Yeah. Uh, and and a uh, nice. Uh, way to uh, just really grasp uh, how short of a uh, time this is. Um, 
uh, most of the time in IT, if you work in sprints so and agile, agile uh, processes, uh, we'll have a sprint zero. It's uh, maybe 14 days that you really just define the scope and and you uh, draft some mockups of the of the user interface and really uh, get that design ready. And you haven't really programmed anything. You just in the first 14 days, you just want to get a feel of the project. We had 10 days to deliver everything. So it's design, development, uh, selecting the right uh, hardware, testing, and so on. Wow, fantastic. So, so let, let's start at the beginning. Who approached you and what was the brief that you were given? So uh, we work very closely with the Director of Health because we are developing software for the healthcare uh, system in Iceland. So uh, uh, the, my contact at, at the Director of Health contacted me and asked, would you be ready to deliver something like this? before uh, June 15th. And maybe uh, the, uh, the description of the project was maybe a five-minute phone call. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, and because we at Oracle, we like challenges, uh, we said, okay, let's do it. Uh, of course, I had to make some phone calls and, and, and see if I could get the right people to join the project. But uh, everybody was game. So... Uh, Fantastic. First and foremost, obviously, you, you've been told what you need to create what challenges did you have getting a very detailed specification? Because typically in these situations, you've got multiple stakeholders from different mm. parts of government mm. and they change what they want quite yeah. quickly. So, the, the, yeah, the scope of the project was ch- changing like uh, every day. So five days in, there was a major change that we had to, uh, and, and concerning just how the uh, the system had to work. But we had... They, uh, uh, meetings like a st- status reports every uh, three times a day. So in the morning, at noon, and in the afternoon, and people would be w- working till late late at night. So we were always trying to uh, you know distribute information on okay, this is the newest information, this is the newest decision. Uh, we need answers to these questions. Who can give us the answers uh, and so on? So, uh, so what tool were you using to facilitate? collaboration and communication between the team so uh, we wanted to use a lot of uh, high-end project planning tools but when you have 10 days you you tend to go to just grab something like a pen and paper so we we used a lot of post-it notes and i had a huge wall of post-it notes and just made a grid okay this is the 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 hardware track this is the uh, hosting track this is the uh, uh, cybersecurity track and so on and we just had post-it notes and we took pictures of it and we sent it and said okay are we uh, are we in sync so uh, fantastic what, what i love about that is that as a technology company the the best solution you could come up with really quickly was uh was, was post-it notes the old the old-fashioned way yeah because you know you can you can get up and running with that in in half an hour you just have to go to the nearest shop and buy a whole lot of it and and you're you're ready and but we had some funny uh because some of the team members are located uh, in the uh, outside of Reykjavik so we had uh, zoom meetings where we would hold the computer up to the wall do you see your note <laughs> <laughs> do you think you will complete this uh, by the end of the day and, right. uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, that sounds. Uh, that sounds like there was some fun to be had. Uh, a quick, quick question. Obviously, you said you created a new space with lots of hardware. Did that include a coffee machine? Uh, yeah, coffee machine. Uh, a lot of uh, drinks uh, and uh, snack bars. We. Uh, that was the running joke after uh, maybe after day eight. Uh, we um, we had uh, so many snack bars. <laughs> right. 
Were you like endurance athletes, like having like, yeah. like energy gels halfway through? through yeah. The yeah. So what was the tech stack that you, that you started with and what did you then uh, bring in? Uh, we had to actually create three different software solutions. We had to, uh, to create a form for passengers that are arriving to Iceland so they can pre-fill and pre-registrate for the COVID test. So that was uh, uh, one of, of the software. The second software would, was the, uh, the interface for the people doing the screening. Uh, and then the third software was uh, the kiosks or self-service kiosks. And then we had to see, we had to connect all this. So we you worked primarily with the front end in, in React and .NET backend. And the reason for that is you don't have time to learn anything new in 10 days. <laughs> so right. we just went with what we already knew and could bring in some specialists that, that were very capable in this technology. The, uh, the challenge was mostly just getting communication and, and being clear on, on, on uh, where we were heading. So it's, it's so easy so to get a, a separate direction accidentally. So we had we had no we had no time for misunderstanding. Technically, and I think that's quite uh, remarkable. Really, uh, we didn't really, really run into any any technical diff- difficulties. We didn't really ha- had the time where we say, okay, we don't really uh, well, we can't solve this problem, or because we had at at a t- one time we had forty different. Orgo employees working on this project. If we ran into any difficulty, we could always get somebody and say, okay, uh, who could solve this? Or I know a guy working there, he's really good at this. And we just dragged him down to our room and say, okay, here's the thing, we need to, need to solve this. And that's he's cool. like, but my boss hasn't, doesn't know I'm doing this. <laughs> no, that was... Uh, uh, this this uh, project had, uh, everybody was, was well aware of what we were doing, and this had a high priority within Oracle. So that, that was not also, a problem. I guess it's really important for the country because there, there was probably a lot of Icelandic members of the population that was trapped outside of Iceland early stages. So it was about people yeah. coming back into yeah. the country, but also about allowing people to be able to go away for summer holidays and, and that type of thing. Yeah, and uh, in the kickoff meeting we had with the uh, uh, steering committee, they said, okay, if you need anything, we can call the prime minister and we can get it, get it done. So <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that's fantastic. It's, uh, it's good. It, it, does that mean like when you needed a bit of extra code, the prime minister could have started sort of tapping, tapping a bit out for you? Uh, we really, uh, we didn't try that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, if we needed some, uh, there were some moments because we also had to supply some hardware and, and, and we had most of the hardware in Iceland, but some of it we had to ship in. And we had some problems with uh, shipment and, and getting to the right, right hardware on time. And and we had to pull some strings to just uh, get the things we needed. We, you know, we have multiple entry points in Iceland. So, of course, we have a, our biggest airport in, in Keplavik, but uh, we have ferries coming in from uh, from Europe. We have uh, airports in Akureyri. We have... Uh, uh, ships coming in, just car- cargo ships coming in somewhere, and and we had to set up equipment at all entry points. So, so, so when you talk about hardware, it's not just about like a server. It's like the iPad that they fill in, you know, the, yeah. the barcode scanning machines. Because I think yeah. you get tested, like in the UK, yeah. you, they scan a barcode and they give you the barcode, and it's all connected yeah. to your profile. Yeah. And yeah, so and uh, so we had to. Uh, and, and in Keplog, we had to we had one set of hardware, but in other locations where, for example, private, private jet was flying, and we had to have a mobile version of it. Yeah. Wow. So I think the thing is often what, what what interests me is that whilst 
even with Iceland's a small country, but once you start looking at multiple entry points, it almost doesn't matter how big the country is because the level of complexity is the same. Yeah, and and just uh, if you think about, it, you had to teach the users. We had to we created videos and and how to change the. Uh, a role in a, a label printer. Let's get into adoption because that's one thing, right? You built it, it works yeah. for the people that look, yeah. designed it and run it, but yeah. now you've got non-skilled, non-IT people, you've yeah. got lab technicians, you've got healthcare professionals. How did you actually roll out this and actually get a level of adoption whereby the system actually worked? So the, our first step was, I, I think it was maybe seven days in, we had some of the users that were going to use this equipment come into Ergo. And we had taped on the floor. So our uh, work area was like a, a mini airport terminal. So this is where the passenger comes in. Uh, uh, here is somebody asking, do, have you all, already registered? If not, you have to go to the kiosk and you have to register there. Here's the help desk. Here's the border control. Here's the screening booth. And we actually made them go through all this process. And then we said, okay, you, you are a cop working in the border control. You would be here. Uh, somebody would come with a, with a barcode. You had to scan it. And we made them do all of that. Uh, these were the power users. And then we had a demo at the airport uh, two days before opening. So uh, we set up all the equipment and we just printed out uh, a lot of fake passengers and say, okay, now I'm, I'm coming. I'm a, Passenger, I, I, I pre-registered and I, I have two kids with me. And okay, how would you handle this? Wow. Okay, that's uh, that's that that's intense. Like, whilst you had ten days to go live, were you still building the tool whilst you were doing the live testing? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and we we had uh, testers with us that were generating test data, uh, and we had to uh, make sure that uh, the connection with the labs were, was working as well. Of course, there's always some minor problems. One of one of the key things in the solution is when you register a passenger, you have to make sure that the phone number that the passenger enters is correct. Well, what we did is fairly simple technically, but you have to enter your phone number. You will get a, a, a text message with a code and you have to enter the code so we can say, okay, this is really the... F oh, no! So you did two-factor authentication as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but like it was like it was like a big prison Iceland, wasn't it? Like you really had to work to get in. Yeah, and and we we uh, and we had some problems because some and um, we really didn't discover this until uh, on the on the first day of opening that some uh, passengers co coming from certain areas didn't receive the text message message. Uh, so there we had to we had to really make sure that the text message would be uh, clear for. Passengers all over the world, no matter what phone company they they operate in, and some phone companies really are not uh, that easy to uh, configure this for. So, so that there was, was probably one person in a corner just pulling their hair out, going, yeah. "Like that phone provider is not very friendly." <laughs> yeah. When we had the rehearsal in the airport on June thirteenth, we had see if this worked. Are all all the firewalls configured correctly? Uh, is everything running and working? But somehow the word uh, got out that we are testing this and all the news media in Iceland got the word and they, they showed up. So we were testing this equipment for the first time, uh, really turning on the computers for the first time. And we had the news media 
just lined up with the cameras uh, looking at us and taking pictures. And on top of that, we got uh, the people responsible for the COVID uh, response in Iceland looking at us as well. So, so we were just going to, uh, going to do a first test two days prior to the launch. So we wanted just to see it working, oh, but we got all of that pressure. Uh, and to uh, top it all, <laughs> top it all, we we were standing there. We were five minutes before we wanted to start the test. Then some electricians got in took the power of everything because he yeah, wanted to install a security camera. <laughs> <laughs> so everything went lo- went offline. We we had Thorolver, the man who is uh, the face of the COVID-19 response in Iceland, standing <laughs> in front of us. And uh, we had uh, power out of for, for everything. But uh, happily, we could get the power on again. We could fire up the systems again and get them started and... and uh, the test worked better than we could hope for. So uh, you're not going to get many situations as high pressure as that in here, yeah. are you? <laughs> no. uh, I think I will remember that for the rest of my life. Good, fantastic. So you said that obviously we've, you've got a lot of quite remote entry points. So yeah. like, it's easy to do the airport, right? Because it's in Reykjavik. You can take all the people there. You can walk people through it. But what about some of the far-flung destinations where you're getting like? like trawlers land and, yeah. and you've got maybe a dock manager running it i mean how did you go about getting adoption in, in those areas so uh, we got people from the key areas to be our power users and actually teach some other people but in the first first days we were just constantly providing uh, user help uh, but one of the things that was uh, the desi- design goal of this, we wanted to have it so simple that you really could not mess this up. So when somebody comes in to get uh, screened, they just you, you scan their barcode, you see their data, and you, you make sure that you have a passport or something, make sure this is the correct person, and you take the sample and you push one button and say, uh, sampling completed. It's really hard to mess up, but... Of course, if you run into network problems and so on, you have to have somebody uh, familiar, familiar with IT that can help you out. One of the th- interesting things was uh, uh, we have a ferry coming in from uh, Faroe Islands. It goes from Denmark to Faroe Islands to Iceland. We have maybe 2,000 passengers on board and wow. they have one hours, hour to leave the ferry. And how do you screen all of them? So we actually had the discussion that they would fly, somebody would fly in in a helicopter go from the helicopter on, on board the ship with a backpack. It was like a Mission Impossible scene I was imagining. Uh, and then you would screen everybody. And, and when the ferry docks in Iceland, everybody is screened. Because there were some discussions. Uh, we, uh, I'm happy we didn't have to be part of that. But uh, are we allowed surely, to screen Surely ferry? you live to be Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, sort of like <laughs> yeah. laying down on a helicopter. That's, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, but that was actually uh, discussed. And and so since since June, how's the project evolved? Because obviously it's less chaotic now, but yeah. but I imagine these things tend to grow and develop as as what we're trying to manage with COVID nineteen tries to develop as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, after June fifteenth, there was another jet deadline in, in July first, where uh, the, we added the payment options. So. Uh, for the first 15 days, this was free. So uh, the test was all, all to pay by the Iceland government. Uh, from July 1st, you had to pay for the test. So we, we had uh, payment terminals installed at the airports. We had uh, online payment as well. We had to account for refunds uh, and so on. Which sort of billing platform did you use for that? 
Well, we connected with the Icelandic uh, company called Valetor, which is widely used in Iceland. So they had the connection that we had to go through the online payment, but we had to connect our systems or the kiosks with our payment terminals at the airport yeah. as well. So you've got, you've got something that was built in a hurry and now you're trying to add another layer on top of it. Yeah. And, and I, I, I can add, uh, in the first 10 days, we actually completed the preliminary security audit as well with an independent company coming in and asking us questions and, and so reviewing what, so our design. That, obviously, we haven't really spoken about cybersecurity, and I know Arico is doing a lot in cybersecurity at the moment, it, not only just external threats, but obviously with all workforces beginning to work from, from home. What tools did you use and, and what was the, the process around that? So uh, there were quite a, quite a few things. So uh, we, uh, for example, uh, for all the equipment that we put out, both the kiosks and the uh, com- computers that uh, were used, we uh, used BigFix from IBM for patch management. So we okay. could upgrade every, uh, all terminals uh, remotely. We had just our security board in Oracle review, review all the processes about around how we are hosting the solution because we are hosting the databases and everything, uh, how we are managing uh, or architecting our solutions, uh, how the network was set up and so on. And then we had an outside company come in and review our code. Wow. And how long did that take? Because was, was that after you'd gone live or was that before the, you'd gone live? Uh, they did a preliminary uh, audit before we went live. Uh, we went live on Monday, so they used the weekend to... Uh, review the code and then that's, we had that's the... amazing so so because that, and that's where that's where when you think 10 days not like you'd, you'd scoped it built it rolled it out and had it tested yeah yeah and we were sending them our changes and and they had some recommendations and we changed that and had them review it again and, and so that was uh, quite intense yeah so and, and uh, after after a uh, payment terminal we had a proper uh, really thorough uh, security audit as well so that's that's fantastic and and has the project continued to evolve yeah um so uh after we wrote this out uh, the healthcare workers uh, using it said this is this is just great this is much better better than we use for regular tests for viruses in iceland so uh uh, in the fall, we got to request all uh, tests in Iceland to go th- for COVID to go through this. That, then we uh, integrated with the Icelandic patient portal that uh, we're lucky that we develop as well. So you can go to the Icelandic patient portal no matter where you live in Iceland. You can order a test, you will get a barcode, and you can go to assigned location. And, and what we did there is we have a, a logic behind the scenes that tries to manage the crowd pop, uh, that's coming in at any, any time. So we have a slot of maybe 40 people coming in every 15 minutes, each sampling location, and we will assign you a time, say, okay, you, you ordered the test, go to this location at this time, have this barcode ready, and Fantastic. you will get... Yeah. Fantastic. And is there anything that you learn from that process that means you would do something differently next time? So uh, we had some uh, some things that we learned. Uh, the first thing was, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you get all the right people in the same room and you can take away all the other projects that they, that they are working on. Because we all have so many projects that we are working on every day and we, we tend to be juggling them. And uh, and I send somebody a message, say, can you look into this? And he say, well, maybe next week I'm busy on other projects. And 
protests tend to drag on for months and even years because of this. But if you get all the people in the same room, they have no other thing, other thing to work on but this. Uh, it's amazing what you can get done. that also goes from the client done. perspective. If, yeah. if you get the client in the room and they're forced to make decisions of yeah. what's really important and what they actually want, that yeah. speeds things up as well. Yeah. And the other thing was, uh, and I, I, I think this is, this is a common knowledge in, in IT that uh, you have to really be strict in creating a minimal viable product. Uh, don't uh, add anything extra, just do the basics. Uh, but uh, it was so just an eye-opener for me just to see how this works because we had any, no time to add any, any extras. We had to cut down every everything that we could. Uh, and uh, and we had some, some things we put on the list and say, okay, we definitely after um, uh, the 15th of June, we have to look into this. And maybe two, two months later, we looked at it and said, okay, now, Maybe this just wasn't that important. And so, I guess that was like, it was like a yeah. living case study for agile methodology, which is get the MVP, yeah. everything else isn't relevant. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a good yeah. message for, for lots of companies that want to develop apps is that it's really easy often to over-engineer it for the first iteration. We're actually just getting something running is yeah. the easiest way to get started. And then you can develop it once you know how it rolls out. Yeah. And uh, one thing I've just added to uh, the projects we're working on now that are not under this uh, pressure of time uh, is to create the pressure of time. Just make artificial deadlines. Say, so, okay, we want to do this by by the end of next week. There's no reason why, but uh, no, let's do it. And, that's and, that's uh, also it, the principle behind sprints, isn't it? Which is it gives an artificial yeah, yeah. deadline. So, so with Jan, we, we, we we're out of time. And it's been really interesting. I'm sure people listening probably have questions for you. And it's been a great achievement for Eriko and a great way to keep the Icelandic community safe in, in, in troubled times. So thank you very much for, for joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you back uh, another time. Yep, thank you. Wasn't Gwithion a fantastic guest? It was really great to get an insight into a project that you may experience as a user, but take for granted all the work that happens in the background. Gwithion was also our first Icelandic guest. And whilst I love interviewing experts and authors from around the world, nothing gives us greater pleasure in Origo to promote technological innovation within Iceland. So if you work for an organisation that has a project that you'd like to share because you think it's made a massive difference to your organisation, or if you're a startup or an organisation that's developing technology that you think is going to change the world, please reach out to us because we would love to showcase you, your organisation and the successes that you've had to the whole of Iceland and the Nordics. See you soon. Bye.